0: Mm. Hi, I'm Madonna.
1: I'm
2: your worst nightmare to rule the world. (laughs) Why don't you show them what you do, honey? You've never had more fun with anyone
3: else. People, people, we got to move on
2: to
0: the next song. I'm sweet
1: and I'm a bitch, you know what I mean? And that's always been the way it is. I'm I'm a human being. (laughs) I'm waiting. Hi, this is Rod Thomas, a.k.a. Bright Light, Bright Light, and you're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast. Hey, guys, it's Tony. Well, he hasn't exactly been
2: Valentino in the sack lately, if you know what I mean.
0: And hey, everybody, I'm Stefan. Welcome to another episode of MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna, Louise, Veronica, Ciccone. As you just heard, our special guest in the podcast today is none other than Rod Thomas, a.k.a bright light bright light rod welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me how are you doing good how about you how's how's things in new york treating you these days oh well it's pretty uh pretty mad um i can't say i've seen much of new york other than um kind of like just from my window but i do actually live uh one or two blocks from where madonna used to live uh back in the day in the east village so today feels very appropriate to be you know, quarantined n- next to that greatness and talking to you guys. <laughs> well, thank you. We are
2: so excited to talk to you today. Good. boy, <laughs> <Poor> you. <laughs> Must have been a boring <laughs> day. Stop.
0: Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, for our listeners who are not familiar with the music of Bright Light, Bright Light, first of all, shame on you. But uh, we just wanted to give you a little background. Uh, Bright Light, Bright Light, a.k.a. Rod Thomas is a singer, songwriter, musician and DJ who was born in Wales, and as you heard, currently calls New York City home. He has been on tour and opened for some very large pop singers in the, in the industry, Sir Elton John, Scissor Sisters, Ellie Goulding, Hercules and Love Affair, and most recently in Europe, one and only Cher. His new single, This Was My House, which features none other than Nikki Harris and Donna DeLore and was produced by Initial Talk, was recently released, and personal note for that it's a it is a delicious slice of house goodness i gotta say
2: (laughs) thank you it sure is it's like oh it's 1991 here we go
0: and i love it that hot pink casingle that you have for sale (laughs) yeah makes me wish i had my own boombox back again like i would love to have that cassette
1: now yeah i'm i'm pretty happy with that little pink maxi cassingle it makes me feel very good
0: (laughs) (laughs) How are you playing that? I guess you have, like, a a tape deck.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, an audiophile, so I have three tape decks in my apartment here in New York. Um, I I have, like, you know, everything, like, you know, cassette, vinyl, CD. I don't have anything older than that, um, but I do still have lots of my old collection, like, on cassettes. I'm trying to, like, digitize them um, so I can DJ them out, and I still have my, you know, memorabilia, mixtapes, and things like that. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, my uh, my friend Colin and his husband Chris, they
0: had introduced me to your music when we were summering on Fire Island many years ago. And I think it was like the summer of 2012. And Feel It and A New Word to Say were like on constant repeat. Like every time we would be out at the house, it was just like I would hear those songs nonstop. So, oh, so thank you for those songs. <laughs> well,
1: thank you oh for no, I
2: discovered the Cinematography EP and I was like, I know every single one of these references. Who is this person? I must know everything. <laughs> so I've been following your career since then, and I've been to a couple of your gigs at Club Coming, and yeah, always so much fun. Oh, thank
1: you. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of music is to make it sort of involving and fun, you know. And you know, I do the the little references with the cover EPs and the DJ parties, so that people can pick up on the references and it starts like uh, conversations. Really, that's what. I like about music and I'm sure that's what a lot of your the fans of your podcast love is like geeking out over certain references or putting the dots together and you know talking about them that's what makes music fun mm-hmm. yeah I
0: mean I hear uh that you are quite prolific in your instrumentation I, uh, I read online that you not only play guitar piano but saxophone and bass and ukulele like that's pretty incredible
1: yeah, I do play quite a few things. Um, with with some of them, like if you play one, you can kind of trick the other one, you know, because like the way you, that you use your hands or your mouth or whatever is like fairly similar. So you can pick one up once you've got like a decent hang of another one. I'm definitely like a Jacqueline of all trades, though, versus <laughs> uh, super proficient on any of them. But I, I make my way through the world. What led you to
0: start playing instruments? Like how old were you when you picked up? What was your first instrument you picked up and how old were you?
1: Uh, it was a recorder. Like everybody everybody in school plays a recorder. You know, those little classic things. Um, to, to every parent's uh, nightmare. Um, <laughs> and I progressed from that to the flute. So the flute was my first real instrument, I guess. Um, desperately uncool. Apart from now, you know, Lizzo is making it very hip. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sort of like piano quit it hated it picked up guitar then re-picked up the piano to be able to play keyboards and do different sounds um and then bass is sort of similar enough to the guitar ukulele in the guitar world um and then when i was recording my last album i wanted sax uh, saxophone all over it so i just got saxophone lessons and and picked it up and played it And I'm so
2: glad that you did because the saxophone (laughs) lends so well to your style of music. It's it's such a throwback, but it also sounds really fresh.
1: Yeah, it's just fun. It's so, it really adds that like extra bump of over emotion and sort of mm-hmm. drama, I think, you know, so um, I'm I'm a fairly dramatic person. Um, so I'm like maybe being cooped up right now is really not good for, <laughs> for my <laughs> energy. But yeah, the saxophone was, is very much, uh, it was on my hit list. And I'm, I'm glad that I, I went through with it.
2: So when did singing come into play? Is that something that you've always been into? Or did that come after you started playing instruments?
1: I don't really know. I mean, I can't really re- remember a point in time where I actively remember start starting to sing, um, mm-hmm. so I guess it's just sort of always been there. I mean, there's this whole like legacy about Welsh culture that it's very song based, so it has like a long tradition of male voice choirs, and it's called like the land of song. You know, um, colloquially. Yes, I know
2: all about Sheena Easton. Yeah. <laughs> Is she
1: Scottish? <laughs>
2: Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. She's Scottish. Yeah, I must been country, thinking darling. about different Catherine country.
1: Zeta-Jones. Excuse yes. me. <laughs> the famous singer Catherine. <laughs> Another <Zeta-Jones>. Chanteuse. <laughs> yeah, and Bonnie Tyler is from my town. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess yeah, it's just one of those things that you sing in school, and you just kind of don't think about it really. Um, mm-hmm. So Yeah, I can't. I can't. Couldn't pinpoint a time. Birth? I don't know. <laughs> You came out singing. Came out singing. Never stopped.
0: (laughs) So I've listened to, I mean, I was re-listening to your catalog of music just as a refresher. Uh, There's a lot of different influences that I hear across your music. You know, some like I get shades of Pet Shop Boys and Erasure Mm -hmm. and obviously Elton John, who you've worked with. Who were some of your biggest musical influences growing up? You know, like, were they were they those people or were they like Um, completely left-wing?
1: Honestly, Ace of Base. Um, (laughs) I was just obsessed with Ace of Base as a child. I loved them so much. Um, I, the, the, all that she wants single was the first single that I actively bought with my own money. And, Mm -hmm. um, their first album was the first album that I got my parents to like actively buy me as like, I need to have this in my life. Yeah. That's Um, like a huge
2: slice of pop.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I listened to it at least once a week Um, (laughs) to this day. I, so them, I think really, because it was weird pop, but it was just so out and out pop and not many people managed to do that. Like major to minor key change in what was essentially like a, basic radio song to most mm-hmm. people it was really smart and really strange and the album itself is just this absolutely insane kaleidoscope of you, you know like very like euro pop heavy aggressive dance and then like these bonkers little pop songs and a cover of don't turn around it's a, it's a really weird album but that kind of really sent my brain in lots of different directions as a kid and my parents liked abba Um, and the Beatles, who I care for a bit less, honestly, which is Mm a sacrilege to a lot of people, but it's not really my thing. Um, And then when I started paying attention to music actively, it was people like Tori Amos, uh, Mariah Carey, um, like the dance records, but like Living Joy, Corona, uh, topical, Mm -hmm. Real McCoy, um, uh, Alanis. um, And then I kind of like absorbed everybody else for as interesting as they were when I sort of had like absorbed the pop radio stuff properly. And then I went back and rediscovered people's albums versus just the radio songs, you know, Mm -hmm, and then understood who they were as artists. Cause like the idea of an artist when you're like 10 doesn't really mean that much. Um, When you're talking about somebody with like Elton's level of artistry or, you know, Madonna's shape-shifting or Grace Jones's like gender fuck, I- iconography and or like Björk or something like that and how she melds different musical styles. You don't understand what, what they're doing at that age. But yeah. when you become a teenager then you can kind of like revisit beyond the singles and be like, oh wow, that's what they were doing.
2: Yeah, that's when you start reading liner notes. and
1: Yeah, exactly. Going to yeah. the library in my case. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So um, yeah, another... I, those, all, the, all our amazing influences like you definitely... Um, a child of the '90s, I, I also hear. I guess due to the quality of your voice, I hear a lot of electronic. You know, the the that project that was uh, Bernard Sumner and Johnny Marr and uh, Pet Shop Boys, and I, yeah, Is that you're, electronic. You're,
1: yeah, it's called electronic. Oh, and, I absolutely um, hated them. <laughs> I really, really hated them so much. And I, on paper, <laughs> I should have loved them. And I remember, <laughs> like, I remember them being on top of the pops, and I hated it so much. Oh when I really liked all of their individual project, and I just couldn't stand it.
2: No, that's funny. No, I'm because really I, I, I was listening to your work and I was like, oh, this is like evoking electronic to me. But I, like <laughs> I said, it's the quality of your voice. So, you know, oh,
1: well, it's a compliment and
2: it's a, you know, we can leave Let's electronic it where it in comes, the bin. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like also, you know, like Erasure were well, one of my favorite bands and they still are my favorite band yeah. per se. Um like, his voice was always just, like, something I thought was so perfect. And, you know, people don't really understand it, but he, or they, anyway, Eurasia, were pretty much responsible for the revival of ABBA in the UK with their ABBA-esque EP. And ABBA here, were like, here as well. Here yeah, here as well. ABBA were desperately uncool um, to youth um, before that EP came out. And the fun twist that they put on it really changed people into going back into that, like, retro appreciation of people like Abba you know and then you had further down the line like a full Monty for like hot chocolate and disco but really mm-hmm. I think they they did sort of bring Abba back to the people and like people should be very grateful for that yes <laughs> but yeah, this is I, not an well, Eurasia well, podcast this is a Madonna podcast no, no 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 I mean I
0: think that's you know she's all part of the the pop music landscape you know I mean she's not solely
2: responsible for all the music out there so it- listen Abba gave her permission explicit. In permission to uh, record, hung up. So
3: good. I mean, what a it's a
1: really incredible use of a sample that just it just really goes wild every time you listen to it. It's just such a genius, genius move, you know.
2: So uh, on the topic of Madonna, when did you discover Madonna and her music? And I guess how has it influenced you through the years? When you started composing your own music,
1: did or Um, did it? Yeah, it did. Um, So I remember when I was like five, um, standing on the wall in my garden with my friend who was just under five, and we were singing Material Girl. (laughs) And neither of us had any idea what the song was, who she was, where we'd even heard it. You know, it was just one of those songs that had been on the radio every couple of days or whatever at some point mm-hmm. um obviously not when it came out i'm not that old but like um <laughs> actually do you know what i am two weeks younger than madonna's music career um like that's quite crazy that her yeah. first single came out like two weeks before i was born so you've um, always had a life with madonna in it I've always had a life with Madonna. It was um, written when, in the
2: stars.
0: But
1: like, <laughs> so you know, I was obviously aware of her songs on the radio, but again, I don't think I really understood that they were all her because you just hear the songs on the radio as a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I then when it got to sort of like the late 80s, um, I had a an idea of who she was and I knew who she was because you saw her in magazines and top of the pops and all that kind of stuff. And then I really changed the way that I saw her when Bedtime Stories came out. Mm. Um, It's my favorite album of hers and it's one of my top 10 albums of all time. I really just thought that the, the kind of like slick boldness of coming out with Secret, which was just not what anyone expected... How like silky smooth and gorgeous and how provocative the video was and the whole black and white imagery and the nose ring and the hair. It really just like struck a chord and since that album is when I really like dove deep and um, went through everything else that she'd done. Mm-hmm. So that, that was like the turning point for me was, was secret. It's in my top three Madonna songs. I love it. See, I'm nice.
0: surprised that you wouldn't have tripped out more over erotica since erotica is total, like the epitome yeah, but of but bear 90s. in mind, I was,
1: I was like nine when it came out. So okay. it's, <laughs> it's not really something that you would gravitate to as a child, Um I mean, I loved Rain, but I didn't know the album. Like, my parents weren't buying Madonna albums. Yeah. Well, and that, um, if anything, that wouldn't be the album no. a parent would buy for a nine-year-old. No. But, you know, the, she was obviously having hits, and I was aware of the singles. But, like, it was when I was old enough to go out and buy a single when Secret came right. out. Mm-hmm. So I could go, like, by myself and go and buy that versus, like, needing my parents to buy... You know, they, they weren't going to go and buy Fever All
0: right.
1: in, in like a Welsh coal mining valley, you know. Um, <laughs> but Secret was like a kind of like jam on the radio. And, you know, it was a much more like adult sounding song on the surface. So it yeah. was like a, a, a way to sort of introduce that into the household, I suppose.
2: Yeah. Imagine a- asking after after your parents set. to buy you the erotica CD and they like flip it over to check <laughs> it out. And they see Madonna with feet in her mouth, you know. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> did you have I don't you seen no oh,
1: go, go, go ahead rod uh, i was just gonna say i don't even know if my parents knew she had an album out around those <laughs> singles really because people weren't buying albums they were just buying the singles right and the cd in my, in my singles world. are amazing yeah. yeah the cd singles are amazing sorry carry on
0: oh no i was just gonna ask you if have you seen madonna in concert
1: Yes, I've only seen her once, unfortunately. I had tickets to the Madame X tour, um, but I had to sell them because uh, in the midst, well, since I bought them and before <laughs> the show, I got asked to go on tour with Cher, ironically right. after their like, public feuding. And uh, I had to give up my ticket because we had to fly out the day before the show to get there for the first show. When Cher calls. When she calls. Well, that's yep. not a
0: bad reason to give up Madonna tickets, though, I gotta say.
1: It's not, no. But unfortunately, I I really, really, really love Madame X and the set list for the tour, which I'd already seen, had multiple of my favorite songs on it. So I was mm-hmm. genuinely like very distressed to to miss that show. Um, and we had quite cheap tickets as well. So it was like Ugh, you know, it was an annoyance, but probably the most um, first world complaint to yeah, to, right. to moan about that. Um, but yeah, as well, I've only seen, her once. There's good news that you,
0: you will be able to see the Madame X show because she's, you know, probably going to release a DVD at some point in the future. Um, mm. So so you will be able to witness witness that. But um, I uh, so with oh. So, no, I was right, just going to say, what was what was it like to tour with Cher? I'm I'm curious. Was there like wigs and sequins every
1: day? And I mean, it was just really gay. <laughs> it was just it was wild. Like it, it was it was so wonderful. You know, it's a really cool show to be part of, and it's so fun. And the audience are just having an amazing time. And her team was so lovely and let us use their lighting. And you know, I had a big, huge video projection behind me. It was just me and two dancers. Just doing full choreography and singing every night for thirty-five minutes before Cher went on and it was wild. Like it was so much fun, fun venues, fun crowds. Then we got to watch Cher every night and mm-hmm. you know, like what a what a dream month. Absolutely amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. So who inspires you for your live show when you put it together? Like wh- what elements are are coming from other sources, would you say?
1: Well, it would be people like, you know, Pet Shop Boys, Erasure, Madonna, Cher, Elton. Elton for the showmanship. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's different because he's seated, but like the energy that he brings is so electric. With Madonna, it would be like playfully revisiting catalog. I think she does that in quite a cool way Mm -hmm. and always makes sure that there's something for everybody, um, even if it's just like a little you know interlude or something um with Cher it would just be like the the kind of camp and the fun and like Kylie Minogue as well for that like camp and fun and just you know positive and upbeat and just joyful Pet Shop Boys and Erasure like their Andy Bell's showmanship is just electric and so just so wonderful to watch him like twirling around and he's having a great time and everybody's just enjoying like his you know like bursting with energy and bursting with like it's Mm -hmm. it's just so inspiring to watch somebody having that much fun on a stage and then with pet job boys like the kind of visual aspect and the lighting and the uh the kind of like staging of things i think they do that really beautifully so like elements of all of that you know bearing in mind that i'm an independent artist who has no money (laughs) and whatever (laughs) you can do in that world for as little as as possible when it comes to cost.
2: No, I think you've pulled it off. I mean, I've seen a lot of your clips from uh different shows that you've done and you bring out the dancers and there's a lot of like infectious energy. It's um like I want to go see you perform live, you know?
1: Good. <laughs> <laughs> God knows when anybody can again. That's the crazy oh, thing. No, right? it's so crazy. You know, we, we've been planning like a sort of mildly ambitious tour for the next album. Like none of it can happen now. Um and you know there there might still be the chance to tour it in you know September when the albums yeah. out however none of the rooms are going to be free because all of the tours that are happening before then they're all rebooking and they're all going to be trying to compete to get those spaces oh yeah at a time where where they should have been available to other people like me and you know I definitely won't have the money from not having been able to earn any money live for 6 months to be able to do the show that I wanted to. And I don't know if some of the venues are even going to be open after the closure. And there's, there's so much up in the air. So like, unfortunately, this was my album where the live show was really going to be something Mm -hmm. more immersive and involving. And right now that's not going to be the case, but um, definitely have been paying attention to all the artists that I've mentioned in terms of how, you know, hopefully I can in the future pull that together. It's just a... A bit, a bit difficult right now.
2: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, right now, no one really knows what, how, or when. No. Um, you know, yeah, I was just, you know, we we're talking about the Pet Shop Boys, and, you know, they had this huge tour, I know, you know, I scaled, know. It, and we don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah. But but anyway, um, one thing <laughs> that is going on right now is Romy and Michelle's Saturday afternoon tea party,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's happening on instagram live it was that so much really fun, fun the it other was, day. was so much thank fun no
1: thank you are you welcome i mean it's just so the reason i started doing these parties is because you know a lot of the nightlife is geared towards drinking you know mild drug use to heavy drug use depending on what kind of music style you go out and listen mm-hmm. to um and late nights and a lot of people that follow my music you know have kids or they don't drink or they maybe work in nightlife as well so for them they can't really go to a lot of evening events because they might be working or performing or whatever so i set up this daytime thing um where anybody from any walk of life could come and just listen to music with no snobbery like it doesn't have to be super heavily dance floor oriented because it's a daytime thing so people can dance or they can sit or they can drink or you know whatever um and it's really teased out this like lovely really weird and wonderful diverse uh, community of people that have come and made friends at the party and shared their love of music and the whole requesting on post-its meant that people Mm -hmm. felt that they could co-curate the event and have a, they didn't have to be embarrassed about what songs they wanted to listen to. Um, And sometimes I can see when I've played a song that somebody really loves that they never hear in a a live arena, they Mm -hmm. just go crazy and it's that nice feeling of like, oh my God, this is so fun. Um, So I really did need to find an outlet for that with these venue closures because like, you know, the, the communication and the conversation aspect is important to me. So people can comment on the, in the comment sections on Facebook live or Instagram or whatever. And I see them talking about songs and it's really cool. Just yeah. seeing that in a time where, you know, everyone's at home alone. I'm at home alone. I haven't seen a friend since the 16th of March, which I can't believe it's still March, but it is. Last um, was well, Today's the last way, right? Yeah. Last one. Yeah. Thank goodness. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It could be December. It's all the same. <laughs> yeah. um, but like people being alone means all of the online content is people telling you things or like talking at you. And I this idea of talking to someone is really important to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I've continued that online and made sure that it's interactive and people can still like discuss things. And you know, I've done multiple like Madonna-only parties at these Romy. Romy michelle parties and they've been so much fun and watching like the crazy madonna fans come out and know the the b-sides and the deep cuts so like i'll play up down suite and people lose their minds or Mm -hmm. like i'll play you know i don't know like survival or something like that and people know every word and it's just nice to have that communal experience of something
0: yeah when did you decide to like so you started the party at come on everybody correct
1: yeah yeah. Which, yeah okay.
0: So I know I know Michael and Eric who own Come On. Oh, that's fabulous! They're, just amazing. they're wonderful and amazing, and it's a perfect venue for exactly what you're describing. And then you moved the party to Club Coming. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think the evolution of what you've done and how you've brought it to an online space is, you know, I mean, it's necessary for the times that we're currently involved in. I don't know if you've seen Dua Lipa, you know, her new album just dropped and she's been having to do all promotion online, you know, like Mm. all of the morning shows, all of the nighttime talk shows, like they're all doing online stuff because they have to keep, you know, they want to keep getting paid and they have to do their jobs from home. And so Dua Lipa, I know she's been doing a lot of like, Zoom stuff, and she's been doing a lot of Instagram Live stuff. Uh, mm. So there, there's possibilities, you know. I mean, I, I loved being able to go on Instagram Live and for a, a, for an hour and listen to a little Shapeshifters, Lowless theme the other day.
2: <laughs> that was so fun. Mm-hmm. No, I remember the the first time I went to your party at Club Coming. My friend was, he's like, "Let's go, let's go." I was like, "No, I got to go to Trader Joe's." He's like, "Look, you can you." <laughs> They've got these post-its and you can like, you know, request whatever you want. So I don't know if you remember me, but I was the one who requested every song off Who's That Girl except Look of Love. (laughs) (laughs) But I had the best time because just like you said, where else am I going to hear these songs? Where else am I going to dance with these songs? Where else am I going to meet other people that freak out as much as I do when I hear them? So Thank yeah. you for making that possible. And even online, it welcome. was like the other night, you know, I heard Lola's theme. I heard all these other songs mm-hmm. and it's like, ah, oh, this is my people right here.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's nice to have that like silliness and the lack of, you know, lack of caring about what, you know, what the public perception of something is. It's just like having fun. And after Facebook kept cutting out, I just did it on <laughs> Instagram and kept going. And I had like this girl I was in school with, um, you know, in like high school she was there she's like a mother and she was just there like <laughs> drinking in her kitchen and like what well, i finished at 8 p.m which is four hours ahead. So it's like what is that midnight or something and she's like oh yeah. my god i'm so drunk i'm having the best time and i was just playing her like songs from our childhood and everyone was just like oh my god what are these it was just so much fun to to have that like escape from the self uh, what's the word like self um, self monitoring or like self censorship? You know,
2: yeah, you just lose yourself, you know, and that's yeah, that's what we need right now, you know, because everything is is literally right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've noticed that you have a love of soundtrack film, yes. a soundtrack hit, you know, hits, songs, whatever um, selections. I don't even know what I'm saying, but um, <laughs> you know, especially since your cinematography ev is all covers. Of songs from films and mm-hmm. you know like i said i know all the references my favorite is do you dream about me from mannequin oh, which is so notoriously good. hard to find yeah. alicia what happened to you where are you and why wasn't that released
1: <laughs> it's such a shame it's i mean i have it digitally so it mm-hmm. was released on an album but it's weird that the album i think it's, just after is on streaming but that song isn't right um which is really annoying because it's probably the only one that got like a notable, you know, public release in terms of yeah, like, because, sync uh, to a film.
2: In my wildest dreams, it can't find it anywhere. Not yeah. not a
1: good version, at least you know. No, definitely not. No, I mean, I have I have looked uh, uh, rather <laughs> extensively. I have many versions of them. They're all terrible.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so what 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 would you say are the like the most requested soundtrack selections? Whenever you do uh, you know
1: a set Ooh, soundtracks um let's see uh do you get a lot of vision quest a lot of uh, who's that girl <laughs> uh in in terms of madonna yeah who's that girl um gets asked for causing a commotion is a, a huge fan favorite yeah. yes um my personal favorite madonna song from film is next best thing oh. um which never gets requested outside of the Madonna parties, but I do play it there and people love it, which is amazing. Um, it's, a I very play, pretty, it's a
0: very pretty song.
1: Yeah, it's great. I often play I'm going bananas and hanky panky, <laughs> which I really enjoy. And I almost every week, the last couple of weeks, that I've been doing at public or online. I've played the Miami mix of Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Oh, uh, well, of course. Started. I mean, I'm you've got to. so much fun. I quite often play like Gloria Estefan Conga into Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, into uh, <laughs> Jump In The Line by Harry Belafonte. And that's like a, a great triptych to have.
2: It's like going to the tropics,
1: <laughs> isn't it? Just get your little mimosa ready, or like mm-hmm. mai tai, or something, or like put an umbrella you know, in there. Exactly, yeah. Like even if you don't have a little cocktail, one, just put a real umbrella in there. Just go crazy. <laughs> Sit under a really warm light bulb, and you'll pretend
0: that you're that <laughs> you're
2: in Florida. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. I think we should talk about the new single because it's. I've been trying to interrupt to like talk about it so. Yeah, I just let's. I, let's, I want let's, it off my chest. I'm so excited. Talk about,
0: let's talk about that. So,
2: number one, it's a great house track. Uh, thank I you. didn't think I'd be hearing like a full on house track in 2020. So, thank you for that. Welcome. Also, didn't think I was going to hear Nikki and Donna mm. doing background vocals on anyone's album this year, Any anyone's single this year. So, uh, thank you for that as well.
0: Yeah, that
1: Welcome. was a coup. C- good mm. kudos to you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel a bit like Bob the drag queen sometimes. I'm like, don't I bring it to you every time? It's like, <laughs> um, like, yeah. oh, you've um, you've unearthed <laughs> some other. F- I'm like, I do very often collaborate with unexpected people that you should be listening to more. So my whole mm-hmm. ethos with this new record is to, um, it's like a big sort of like collaborative thing with like key people from the LGBTQ plus world. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, you know, with their inclusion in Madonna's timeline and being in the striker pose era, you know, well, sorry. Striker poses the post, the post documentary, the truth or dare, right, which right. we we called "In Bed with Madonna," which I think is a much better title. I'm so sorry, America.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know.
1: I mean, it's we're prudish here, you know. In bed but, with Madonna is just it, so cool. It sounded, cool, too, it sounded it? too too controversial, I'm sure. In oh.
2: 1990, yeah, people thought, oh, that must mean she's naked in that bed. Oh, yeah, ridiculous.
0: <laughs> she's anyway. having
1: sex in that movie. We can't go. <laughs> uh, given. Yeah, given Nikki and Donna's sort of, like, hugely important part in that era of time, um, I really thought that they would be such a cool duo to work with. Um, And I'm, I'm just so thrilled to have them part of it, you know, like, I've been such a fan of their voices, their energy, their, like, sassiness and fierceness and, you know, their intertextuality, like, you know, Nikki being on the Snap Singles, which I knew before I knew about her involvement with Madonna Mm -hmm. because the Snap Singles were all top 10 in the UK. Exterminate was amazing. And, like, do you see the light? Like, incredible. And then you see, like, Donna was, like, backup dancer also for Melen Farmer, who's, like, a huge artist in France. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, she's done this and that and that. And it's, like, what a wonderful tapestry to have attached to your name. Um, So when I was... Writing the song, it's about the queer community and queer spaces and how they're f- they've been fractured in the last couple of years with, you know, certain political voting and mm-hmm. uh, how you absolutely deserve to be told... Sorry, you absolutely deserve to feel that you are safe in the place that you call home. It's like who who has been pioneering that idea? And obviously, you know, like Madonna has been really pivotal in that conversation. Um, so then when I took that song to Initial Talk and he produced it, he was like, oh, wouldn't it be really cool if we got like some 90s divas on it? And I was like, oh, let me see. <laughs> and then just, um, just by chance they said yes and they loved the song and they're two of the nicest people I've met. They're really, really fun, lovely people. I love them. So I,
0: Tony and I both went to, their show come on everybody i think i saw you there as well yes
1: yeah i had to introduce them to stage um so i we'd recorded the the vocals the day before when they were rehearsing yeah that's great um in in manhattan and so we just you know we laughed and we got on really really well and so i went down that night just a little bit ahead of the show just to say like you know hi you know hope everything's good and nikki was like Oh, you're going to introduce us to stage? And I was like, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, cool. And she's like, what are you going to say? And so I told her, and she was like, see, I knew you are professional. <laughs> and so I was like, cool, great. So I just walked up on the stage, introduced them to stage, and then, you know, watched from the back. It was amazing. They're so, they're such good sports. They're really mm-hmm. fun. They just, their voices haven't aged a day, which is no. yeah, mind blowing. Cool. You know, beautiful. And like the contrast as well of like Donna really nails that like breathy, like softness um, that I wanted for certain parts of the track. And then Nikki just sounds like a, like a, you know, a tank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like coming through and just exploding with that big high note. It was like, wow, cool, perfect. So, Rod, tell me about the remixes because I listened to the whole EP
2: and I was so taken aback that each remix is almost like a different kind. Of a '90s dance subgenre, how did you come up with all those different sounds? I mean, it was so cool. I mean, I, I know that a lot of them were remixed by other uh DJs or producers, but uh, no, it's... I
1: did them actually. Oh, um, you did them all? Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, other than Monsieur Adi, obviously he's like a big Madonna Gosh. fan, so I got yes. him on, on board to do uh to do his mix. I love that man is just amazing. He's super mm-hmm. cool, super super sweet, and you know just turned it around in like my heartbeat so he's he's great then for the other two remixes the so hard and the poolside disco I just kind of thought like I wanted a song that would fit in each gay realm you mm-hmm. know so you have like the house track which kind of fits in like the kind of dance clubs that I go to and then I wanted to make something a little bit harder that would fit into the kind of clubs that I don't frequent as frequently go to like the kind of later night ones where like it's a bit rooms. of a yeah so i've got like a dub version of that for some djs and like that kind of sound where it's, it just kind of like kicks it a little bit harder and then thinking about fire island on the summer which i i really adore that place and i love the idea of just hearing that disco kind of version by the pool with like lena bradford or somebody spinning it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know just like having that that little like overpriced like disgustingly sugary cocktail but like living <laughs> and like having my gorgeous time with like a caftan flowing and like you know Sun I, burning I, the back
2: of your neck. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, oh, I, When I heard yeah. that song, I was thinking, like, this is a summer vibe for sure. Yeah.
0: No, when I so, heard the poolside remix, I thought I thought it would be Fire Island, but it would be the day after Alina Bradford party. Oh, and you'd maybe. Be, you'd be waiting for the, the noon siren so you'd feel acceptable to drink and <laughs> be, like, l- working your hangover off by the pool listening to that remix, being like, what was that song we heard last night?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you cue it up. We'll go whatever fantasy you want to live. You just <laughs> you, you go with it. Um, I think like you know that also for me the whole storyline of my album is like the history of queer culture, and I wanted to try and transpose this song into different like eras and have it like live throughout different moments of time um so there's like you know the disco one has like tiny little nods to like the old disco culture of like sylvester and oh, wow. some of the people that were like you know making something a little bit more organic sounding with like horns and brass and um and guitars and then the original version is around the like parker Posey party girl kind of time uh, and one of our favorite the, movies so good, so good. And then the harder one is like a little bit more of a crisper modern take on it. So um, I, I think like thinking about history and future is important in the queer timeline. Um, so I was just trying to play around with that idea for the EP.
2: No, and I'm glad you did because I think a lot of the younger fans, they they don't necessarily go out and, and try to to hear where, you know, the influences came from so sometimes you got to give it to them and you sure did <laughs> thank you good yes
0: well so <laughs> i'm excited to like what what kind of sound are you going to be continuing the same type of 90s house sounds for the rest of the album or are no they, are you gonna... um
1: no not so much the rest of the album kind of like um flirts with different sort of like sections of gay music history so it's really inspired by people like sylvester erasure pet shop boys but also like scissors sisters and um you know elements of boy george parts of madonna's catalog Mm -hmm. and shep pettibone Um, oh well there sign me up i'm on board yeah like hercules and love (laughs) affair um you know also like disco and like gloria Gaynor and donna summer like it's a it's a record which really kind of like tries to embody the energy of these people who had to find a way to create music where we could dance through pain throughout yeah. decades. Um, Which I think is also, very, very time appropriate because Yeah, it wasn't meant to be as appropriate. You know, that's the, <laughs> that's the scary thing. So it's called fun city. And that's uh, a quote from, uh, from the old mayor of New York in 1966, who Took on the city and the first day of office, the city like fell to the ground. There was a transport strike, everything went wrong, and someone was like, Do you still, are you still glad to be the mayor of New York? And he's like, I still think it's a fun city. So I kind of <laughs> thought this idea of like a broken utopia was, you know, something interesting because we as queer people people move to like san francisco or to new york or chicago or wherever to live out their fantasy of being around people like them being part of a scene being communal and not being alone and having the yeah. chance to live you know and which is what people are still doing in these places but we're obviously aware that like in these cities like it's super expensive there's like hordes of like anti-LGBTQ, like transphobic, xenophobic rhetoric that's like flying around and coming at you exactly as it did back then um, in different ways and different measures. And you still have to keep, you know, pushing and keep finding ways to have fun. So I like Fun City is for all of these people that just keep pioneering and keep pushing and keep creating. Um, That's what the album is sort of about, really.
2: Oh, well said. I mean, it, yeah, it sounds like it's a genre encompassing and like you mentioned earlier, this is going to be released in the fall, correct? Yeah. In all formats? Cassette? Yep. Record?
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm yep. going to have to find a tape deck now because I really want to listen to cassette tapes. Madonna had well, some cassette tapes. You have six
1: months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. mean, In, many... in, in the
2: past months? year, uh, especially in the UK, like cassette Cassettes have become very, very popular. Every new release has a cassette.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't think Madame X.
2: Oh, yeah, it did. Didn't yeah, it, it yes, did. I, yeah. I got one. Um, I think
1: I have
0: one too. Yeah. I just don't have anything to play it on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I have two cassettes. I have the first Madonna cassette that I bought when I was, what, 10, and mm-hmm. then I have the Madamex cassette that I bought when I wasn't 10. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just need a cassette player to play those two cassettes on repeat. <laughs>
1: Do you have, like, a favorite Madonna album? Can I ask you that on the spot? Is that really... Yeah, um,
2: I would say Like a Prayer because mm-hmm. um, Like a Prayer is the first Madonna album where I was old enough to understand the themes and mm-hmm. I was able to understand the the music, you know? Because uh, before, you know, when you're younger, you know, you listen to what's on the radio, you kind of accept it and take it for what it is. But I remember buying the cassette for like a prayer, smelling the patchouli and just studying mm-hmm. the liner notes. And, yeah, and I could hear every instrument and I knew who played it, you know, mm. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was the one that, that really like captivated me. And from then on, it was just, I never looked back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I, I want to, talking about the new album, I was wondering if maybe we could possibly twist your arm, maybe play a little bit of music for the listeners.
1: Yes, you can absolutely ask me to do that. Oh, um, okay. I don't know if I can play you a new song, but I can no, play that's fine. Song. Um, I mean, you've got a vast catalog. I mean, Yeah, dealer's you, choice. Dealer's, dealer's choice. choice. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to move over to the piano over here. Um, and just because you know Madonna has been known to record a song uh, pertaining to the cinema um, <laughs> I thought I would uh, sing a song uh, which itself is about cinema um, and is called quiet films is that okay yeah absolutely
3: so You're bleeding, but I can't stop This love from leaving So I mop it up And you find your skin on my hands And I find our passion gone And you ask for more time And I ask myself again Where did I go wrong? I cry at films That show me a good life That show where I want to be That show where we should be now I don't know Where did I go wrong? Change your heartbeat is so much easier said than done. Just one souvenir of how we were, and I'm overcome. And you find me left in pieces, and I find our passion gone. And you ask for more time. And I ask myself again, where did I go wrong? So I cry at films that show me a good life That show where I want to be That show where we should be now I don't know, where did I go wrong? think of words to say but you never hear them you never talk about it look how this heart slips away oh you never notice you never think about it don't ask for more time just ask yourself where did i go wrong good life, the show where I want to be, the show where we should be now, I don't know where did I go
0: Oh, that was so good. great.
2: Did that sound okay? That okay, oh, sounded
0: so beautiful. <laughs>
2: yes, it sounded great. Thank you so much for so being welcome. so generous with your music. Anytime. So anytime. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media because I'm sure Romy and Michelle's dance party is gonna be coming up, I'm, I'm sure, again.
1: Yeah, so uh, on social media, all of my handles are at Bright X2. So that's B-R-I-G-H-T, L-I-G-H-T-X two. So that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, what else is there? Um, TikTok, grinders graph, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I also I do wanna t I do wanna to highlight to our listeners if you would like to help support an independent artist such as bright light bright light uh you can visit his website brightlightx2.com slash blbl4 that will help you can find his paypal which will help fund the production of his forthcoming album during these times we have to support the arts because eventually the pandemic will be over and we will all want to be getting back to enjoying concerts and enjoying records and in, join dance parties and people ain't going to be able to do that unless they got some money so
2: yeah support your local artists and you know he's got oh my god he's got so many eps and then he's (laughs) got a couple of you know a few uh full-length albums that are so good um i was playing them over the weekend uh and like just on repeat and it's, it's so cool because you know you'll be hearing like a a banger and then you'll get like a really sensitive sweet ballad and then you'll get a cover (laughs) so it just it's it's the perfect music for working from home (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) or or wandering through the the same streets of the suburbs over and over and over again
1: (laughs) yeah i'm a very versatile artist um so but also it's really important like if you don't have the funds to to support an artist financially sharing songs on a playlist or sharing a video with your friends or sharing a Spotify link or something is also a really, really lovely thing that you can do to help creatives. You know, you can share people's videos, you can share live performances or like talk about them with your friends. Like that's how people learn about stuff. And that's another easy free way to help keep art alive. And you know, that's, that's equally as appreciated. So thank you everybody for whatever way you can help. Absolutely right. I mean, that's
2: how I found out about you. And now I can't stop talking about you. It's like, Oh, have you heard my (laughs) light? What, where have you been? Don't sleep on it. (laughs) Well, and the same
0: thing, same thing goes for venues as well. Like we were mentioning, uh, come on everybody, which is where Nikki and Donna performed and you started the, the Remy and Michelle party, you know, like, those venues are all closed right now and they're still having to pay rent, unfortunately. And, you know, like if you used to go and patronize a a venue in your local community, those places are closed and desperately need your support. So if you can, you know, help a place like come on everybody by, you know, like they all have GoFundMe set up or if you like a local restaurant that you can buy a gift certificate and use it when they're back open again,
1: you know, like they, they need your money. So and help yeah, what you, you could even do is, you know, if they have a fundraiser, you could even like once a week donate them the amount of a drink, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, that that's a tiny thing that takes a little bit of your, you know, your income in the way that you'd spend it anyway. Um and helps them if enough people do that. So don't feel like you need to give them like 50 bucks. You can give two, you can give one, everything helps, you know. And if you can't afford to do any of that, you can always share their GoFundMe link and let people know that they, they need help. That's, you know, that's something else you can do.
2: That's right, spread the word, pass it on. So, um Stefan, I think it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. Yes. So
0: um, <laughs> we do this for every guest that's on the podcast. It is our okay. Madonna lightning round. And okay. it is literally just a couple of very simple, easy questions of where you're at in your current quote unquote Madonna journey um, okay. as, a, as a fan. Um, they, you don't have to think very diff, you know, very hard and long about these questions. It's just whatever springs to mind. So okay. first, first question favorite madonna video uh drowned world substitute for love oh good good one Love any video that has madonna running is a good video (laughs) yes uh this can be from photo shoots movies videos tours whichever your favorite madonna look
1: uh, a bedtime story live at the Brit Awards with the long white flowing hair and the two boys behind her. Uh,
2: yes, yes, yes.
1: I love
0: that she trotted that dress back out again, Most like <laughs> last year, right? It wasn't it after the, uh, the uh, at the Met Gala that she wore it? It was like the Met Gala after party, I think.
2: Yeah, she so wore good. it to the after party it's and so everyone's good. like, is it that dress? I was like, yes, it is. Yes, like, it is. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. it's Absolutely amazing. And it
0: fits her... To a T still.
2: Yeah. Um wow. Now I don't know
0: if you have any of these type of items or whatnot, but do you have a favorite Madonna memorabilia item?
1: Oh, do I have any memorabilia? Um I don't think I have any any memorabilia. I have a lot of records. Mm. Um should physical record, yeah.
2: Pick a rare
1: pressing that you've uh, ooh, it come across. It might be. Oh, um, I'll remember on twelve inch,
0: mm-hmm. or
1: maybe I. I love the burning up artwork. That's super oh, cool. Yeah. I have that on twelve inch. Um, it's just like a, it's a really amazing image. I love that one so much.
0: Uh, so, I had seen you tweet just today uh and i thought i'd I'd give you my answers live instead of tweeting you back but you said Mm -hmm. in lockdown i have these very important questions and you asked five questions i'm just going to tell our our listeners about this and answer as well your first question was your favorite kylie minogue song mine would Mm -hmm. be spinning around tony what would yours be
2: oh uh put yourself in my place album version
0: gorgeous Okay. Second question was your favorite Mariah Carey album. Mine would definitely be butterfly because I worked for Sony music at the time when Butterfly was coming out and I, they did the video for butterfly, the production company that I was working for. And she required um, humidifiers like every five feet in the hotel room that she was staying at. And so after the, (laughs) after the shoot, they brought back all of the humidifiers and, they just gave them out to everybody in the office. So for years I had a Mariah humidifier that I had. So so butterfly, but then unofficially, um, I don't know if you've heard the dance remix version of memoirs of an imperfect angel. Yes. I have heard that. Yeah. (laughs) Love that. That is like, I was like, I was so upset that that wasn't the actual physical released version of that because I thought that was amazing. Um, Tony, what would your favorite Mariah Carey album be?
2: Hands down, glitter. Love oh, glitter because you know. Amazing. As just listen to it. It's like you're stuck in the '80s with Mariah. Yeah, so good. So uh, good. Your
0: your question three was your favorite share tweet. Now I did have to look this up because I don't know share tweets off the top of my head, but I did find one. Somebody had asked Cher, "How did you celebrate Madonna's birthday?" And she said,
2: "I got a colonic."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just so amazing. Isn't it?
2: Well, I I can't. um, come up with a shared tweet on such short notice, but in the early 90s, Cher uh, wrote a book called The First Time, and each, you know, it was basically just a collection of all her first times, and um, I guess it could be like a long series of shared tweets, but yeah, if you don't know that book, look, uh, find it on Amazon and buy it, because it, it will, and you sit down and you'll just laugh your ass off for a couple of hours, it's... <laughs> I, I don't know the reason why she wrote it, but I'm glad she did.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of pop culture is like that. No one knows why, but thank God. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh, your
0: question four was your favorite Celine Dion fashion. I know mine would definitely be from the 2019 Met Gala. It was that, like, Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast on crack outfit <laughs> that she wore. So it was, like, the fringe and sparkles galore, and it was, like, yeah. that crazy headdress. I was, like... Absolutely. I mean her fashion is bonkers, bonkers. on a an, an amazing in, on a daily basis. But like yeah, that was like I don't Tony, do you have a favorite outfit that you've seen Celine down? Actually,
2: yeah, what comes to mind, I've always liked the way she looked in this and thought she should do it more is when she wore that white suit, um, you know, with the plunging neckline and her hair was slicked back. Mm. Um, I think a little masculinity works on Celine.
1: Hmm. Yeah, she's the androgyny line is very yeah. like Tilda Swinton, David Bowie hybrid. I think oh, I love Tilda Swinton. She's she's mm-hmm. a goddess.
0: Um, your question five, which I and I thank you for asking this question as well. Your favorite line from Anne Francis's Schitt's Creek, a little bit Alexis song, and I love a little bit Alexis. I love Schitt's Creek. Um, my my one was I'm a little bit single even when I'm not.
1: It's, uh, it's just so funny, isn't
0: it? The uh, Tony, do you know that song? You know a little bit, Alexis. Yes.
2: Um. No, I'm in a bit boiled in oil for this, but I don't know Schitt's Creek. I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna dive in. Trust yes, me, I will. I mean, I've heard so time. many you have, amazing have things about time, yeah. it. I'm a big fan of Catherine O'Hare and Eugene Levy, all the way back from yeah. SCTV. So I know mm-hmm. I'll be doing myself
1: a favor. I'll do yes, it, and then I'll hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I I had seen. Uh, the cast of shit's creek they did that like the, the like a live shit's creek talk back at beacon theater but then they also did mm-hmm. another one most recently at 92y and mm-hmm. they you know Dan Levy and uh, Anna Francis always talk about a little bit Alexis cuz everyone's always asking about it and it's just so funny to hear her talk about how she asked Dan Levy if she could write the song And he has always said he had zero expectations that she was going to come back and, you know, have anything worthy of putting on a television show. And she came back with this banger that was, like, (laughs) basically, like, a B-side Britney Spears song that never got released. And he was, like...
1: It's amazing. It's one of the best things that's ever happened. Oh, my God. I... Got to listen to
2: this.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, they, they sort of it comes up in the show very late in the the like the seasons, but when it does, it's like this little bit of heaven. And the fact that they released it as an actual single and it like yeah. went to number one on Spotify and uh, you know it's it's, it's, a, it's so a, good. It's so good. It's 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 a lot of fun.
2: I guess this is all going on while I was listening to Madame X again. <laughs> it might be. It might have been. Um, Well. Brad,
0: thank you for coming on the show. You're this welcome. Thank so you so wonderful. much for having me. I mean, we got no, to hear some music great. and we got to have a little, a little kiki. And uh, I, I, I can't wait to hear the rest of the album now.
1: Well, yeah, um, I hope that you like it when, it when it comes out. And hopefully the world doesn't throw anything else at us in the meantime.
2: No, uh, we've got more than oh, no. enough to handle right now.
1: But yeah, when yes. your album
2: comes out, it's going to be...
3: It's Very much publicized
2: on our podcast. And well, I'm just happy that I was able to talk to someone who knows about the mannequin soundtrack.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like the Alicia in that was like a Madonna. She yeah. was the cheap Madonna, wasn't she? For God's sake. Oh yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, which she is, was right uh, up there
2: with Regina Martika. Yeah. Yeah. All those.
1: Yeah. All those one named people, you
2: know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the other record Madonna. labels answered to Madonna.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> Exactly.
2: But yeah, thank yeah. you so much for joining us this week. Um, like we said, you can find him on all social media, X 2 mm-hmm. And you can find us wherever, anywhere uh, podcasts are heard uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Luminary. You got it. Google anywhere. Play. Um, Google. Yeah. Uh, and also, you can find us on Instagram at MLBC Podcast and uh, drop us a line on our website. MLBCpodcast.com. Until next time, um, we're really grateful for you guys listening to us. Uh, We love being able to put out content during this time. And if you have anything you want to say to us, um, say it to our face. No, I'm just kidding. And Um, make sure you check out out Bright Light, Bright Light's new single with Nikki Harris and Donna DeLore produced by Initial Talk, which
0: scores, again, kudos for you for getting all of those people involved in the single because it's a little slice of heaven. Yeah, the single is
2: amazing. It's called This Was My House and uh, streaming everywhere. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thanks so much. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.